Every spiritual person knows they need a foundation, but what does that mean when it comes to business? What does that mean in your daily practice? And how does it affect you with the root level as a human being, as a spiritual being, and as an entrepreneur? In this episode, we're going to dive deep. So let's get started. You're listening to Empowered Evolution for Entrepreneurs. Everything quantum, spiritual, esoteric, energy, and mind related for your business. I'm your host, Johanna Bradford. Let's get started. Hello, darlings. Today, we're going to talk about Roots to Rise. And with that, we have a dear friend of mine and this amazing colleague and spiritual mentor named Jody Nelson. She is, as I said, a spiritual mentor, but she's an Akashic Records practitioner as well. And she helps people realign with their soul's truth and purpose so that they can live their most abundant, authentic, and empowered self. She got her start five years ago when she started mentoring people through their Akashic Records. Through that knowledge, she has now expanded into mentorship programs, retreats, classes, and personal sessions. Her intention has always been to guide people to their most embodied selves through self-love and remembrance of their divinity. I love that. And can I just say from personal experience, she is an absolute spiritual badass and you should check her out. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. Jody. it's so great to have you today. And I'm loving this topic so much because one, I think it's really profound messaging and timing right now, but I think it's a good reminder for people in our own level of ascended awareness as teachers and coaches and mentors as well. So I'd love to hear what that means for you, roots to rise? Yeah, for me, it really means being grounded and rooted in the, in the, in the true self before I continue to reach for more knowledge and information that I'm taking the time to really invest in my own energy first. Um, and that's come through spiritual practices, meditation, ground, like actual grounding practices. Um, because, you know, if we want to, to ascend and we want to come into higher knowledge, we have to have a good foundation and a good structure to be able to build on. Agreed. Agreed. We had this conversation not too long ago, everyone, as you're listening, and we were discussing it and became like, oh my gosh, this is the topic we need to discuss. And here's why, because we both had a very, uh, we had some similarities in our journeys uh, to get to the point of coaching and uh, mentorship in the spiritual community. And what we realized is that some of the similarities were having leaders who weren't necessarily embodied or didn't teach us the foundation of why this is important, or at least in my personal experience, I certainly didn't have mentors that were like, Hey, you have to ground. And what does that mean? What does that look like? It's going to be different for every person. But for me, earthing is really profound meditation, or sometimes it's just even like physically touching myself to like, okay, this is my body. All right. I'm, I'm here (laughs) because I can go off into the ethers through my mind, but it's good for me to feel into my body and have that balance. And the minute, as you said, the minute I know when I'm off culture, if I don't have those daily practices and they're literally a non-negotiable for me, like I have to do it no matter what I become cranky. I have all these other symptoms and more importantly, I really start to dislike my path in the world. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And we were, when we were talking about this, I was telling you, it's like, no matter where you're at on your journey, like you're never so far on your journey that you do not have to have these, you know, our <laughs> basic, <laughs> yeah. our basic spiritual practices. Um, because that's actually what allows you to, to expand in that. And I had gotten kind of lazy with my spiritual practices for just like a few weeks over the summer. And I noticing the difference between when I am dedicated and devoted to that practice and when I'm not is literally a night and day difference. I mean, you can start to just get what feels like taken away (laughs) by a tornado Mm -hmm. and how like important that those practices really are that allow me to go deeper into my own understandings of everything. Agreed. I love that. I think <clears throat> you, you stated that so well. And what's coming to mind is I love to be in nature. That's like the first place I will go. I would just go hang out in nature, be by water in particular, or in like literally hug a tree <laughs> or smell the roses or whatever. And what that does is it really takes me back to just how simple everything is. And I've been overcomplicating it mm-hmm. and how I'm not making myself a priority. And that's the whole point of being uh, on the ascension path is you are prioritizing yourself and your spirit and your soul. So why would, why would you want to go off the path of not actually grounding yourself? Because there's are, there are leaders and this isn't any judgment to any of those leaders, but the observation is that there are leaders who aren't grounded in the sense that they're not truly embodying what they're teaching. And as a result, they're very flighty and they're like, just you're trying to have an actual flowing conversation. It goes so all over the place that you're like, I don't even, what were we talking about? (laughs) It's hard to follow. And that energy is very chaotic. There has to be some discipline, no matter what modality you're working in, in the spirit world, there has to be some discipline. And that discipline is really about the foundation of grounding in my personal opinion, my view. Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Because that's exactly what it starts to feel like is you, the, the energy is literally all over the place. I feel that within myself when I am not grounded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, no matter what it is ultimately that we want to even achieve in our lives, you know, it will all come back to your spiritual practices. It will all come back to your spiritual work, every single thing, like no matter what, right. Like if you want to, uh, have a relationship or you want to make more money or you want to expand your business or you want to bring in new clients, like literally it all comes back to the basics. It all comes back to the spiritual work, you know, and what we ultimately pay attention to, this is, this has been something I've adopted over the last several years and teach to my clients is what we pay attention to gets paid energetically and, you know, like even with money. Mm -hmm. And so if you're wanting to expand yourself energetically and you want to increase what you receive, you have to pay attention to, you have to literally put back into self. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And it's, maybe that sounds a little egoic at first, but truly like t- everything comes from the self. What you create comes through, through you. Right. 
And for people who are lesser on the journey, a way to word that might be like you, what you focus on is what comes to you. What you focus on will be what you manifest, like to put it in a, you know, more layman's terms, but really what we're, that's, that's the simplest thing. And I don't think there's anything selfish about going within what I think is interesting in the community is there's this idea or this uh, like separation is division almost of, Oh, well going within is selfish, but that's a label and that's someone's filtration system of their thoughts and their upbringing. That's, that's putting that there's nothing selfish about going within every spiritual or excuse me, not even spiritual leaders, but like if you look at millionaires and billionaires and they're successful, that's because their spiritual practice and their foundation is in place. And guess what? They put number one first. They go within first. I know several uh, multi-millionaires, and I'm talking like you know, like nine digits, <laughs> eight digits, who they don't even start their day till 11, meaning their work day. They will devote up to four hours a day on their spiritual practice. And I find that remarkable because most people are like, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. And if that's all you need, that's great. But I think the more devotion you have to it, look at the, the benefits that they're reaping from that. Mm-hmm. That's a direct correlation. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. No, I literally, like when I first started, I started a, I started a spiritual practice to get myself out of depression and anxieties. That's the whole reason I started it. And it's interesting how over the years, like I don't start my day till about 10, 30, 11, because my, my spiritual practice, I'm like devoted to it for about three hours every morning. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I notice like such a massive difference. And actually it's the least selfish thing I can do. And the reason why is because when I fill my cup, when I fill my cup to overflow and I'm no longer taking on this energy and that energy and this and, and whatever's going on in the collective and all this stuff, mm-hmm. I'm actually able to serve at a higher capacity. Yes. Mm. Right? So it's actually the least selfish thing I can do. And I'm able to show up and be more present even with my kids and my relationships because I have taken that time to energetically go into overflow. Now I have to give. But when I was like, when I slacked off for that few weeks, uh-huh. I had less and less and less energy. Like I literally felt myself starting to become depleted and to be kind of come irritable and annoyed with people. And like, I didn't have anything to give. Like I was wow. annoyed. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty significant. It, it was like it was a significant difference, and I I, I feel um, that that was something for me to like truly look at and truly like take the lesson in that and like what a difference. And now I'm like absolutely recommitment, you know, back to those practices because of seeing the difference in how I personally show up and actually how I feel like the world, how I start to experience the world differently. Mm. So it's an absolute non-negotiable for me, you know, and a recommitment and a redevotion to that. But it will all it will all come back to building those roots back up. I love that. You know, it's so interesting that you're saying that all these things are coming to mind because one of the things that we talk about, um, kind of under the radar, so to speak, with 
this spiritual community is energy leaks. So we're always talking about as leaders, how we have to protect ourselves. Well, this is the number one way to do that is through that grounded foundation. And when you get off course, just course correct, which is what you did. You got present to it. You went to nature and you felt better and all the other things. But I think there's a level of like managing your self expectations in the sense of how kind are you being to yourself when you're aware that you're off course? Mm. And what are you going to do about that? Yeah. And how soon? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause in every moment, like you have a, you have the opportunity to shift what you're doing, right? Like yeah. that's the beauty of awareness is that uh, correct and continue. That's like my favorite mantra, like correcting. I'm like correcting and t- continuing a lot throughout my day. There's a lot of pivot, right? Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And that comes back to the basics too. Like when you talk about like, how kind are you being? Because that's coming back to those basics too, of like really truly learning to like love yourself through your imperfections and the mm-hmm. messiness of just being human. Yeah. You know, and I, I literally look at that experience that when I kind of got off course there for a second as like very valuable because I was able to see the contrast, like, wow, like these things really do benefit me. Right. Because sometimes when you're doing it all the time, you don't really see necessarily a huge benefit every single day. At least I don't have that contrast. I was like, you know what? This does do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we just need a reminder. <laughs> a little reminder. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like what a beautiful journey of really like accepting even myself in, in that. Isn't that amazing how your body, your soul, I would actually even say, your body working with your soul gave you that wisdom. And all you had to do was interpret it by the contrast of, with and without grounding. <laughs> and now you, you've anchored that in, it sounds like, and you're very clear on, oh, when this is happening, I need to course correct. That is so beautiful to know yourself and to love yourself enough and be like, oh, hey, thanks, self. And taking it into this level of just absolute, like radical self-compassion and understanding that you know, let's just embrace this for the gift it really is. Instead of making everything wrong or black and white, or it's, it's either good or it's bad. There's, there's not, there's just what we do with it. And if we choose to look at it from a crabby Appleton point of view, absolutely. That's what we're going to get. Whereas if we choose to look at from like more, I don't know, if you want to go to the other extreme Pollyanna, that's fine. But really it's just what we're choosing to do with that feedback, that information that our body and our soul's giving us. And it created this beautiful wisdom for you. I love that. Oh yeah. Like there was a lot of wisdom <laughs> that came. <laughs> like, like it's been really, it's been actually really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do. I think that you get to, you get to always course correct and come back. Come back. Would you? No. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, I got really excited for a minute because I had this thought was uh, one, I think I'd love to, since we're talking about, you know, that grounded spirituality and the course correcting, I would love to touch upon like egoic resistance because I really think that's the part that keeps us in judgment of self or even just that negative mind 
set because it's the attachment to the resistance is where we get lost along the way, rather than just being like, Oh wait, I'm checking in with myself. I'm feeling kind of crabby. Um, what am I resisting? What am I looking at here? What's your take on that? Of egoic resistance. Yeah. Well, I think anytime that we have come into an expansion of something that, you know, we will oftentimes feel egoic resistance. What I've come to understand and learn about my own egoic resistance is usually what it's asking for me to let go of. And so um, I... I'm able to kind of ask myself, like, cause when I, when I got off course, you know, and everything, like I went through a lot of, I went through a lot of egoic resistance. That's just what I asked myself is like, what are you not letting go of? What? Um, and, and for me, it's, it, it came down to like having an attachment or, or having this, like everything has to be perfect, you know, and letting that go, like letting those things go. And it's really softening in the egoic resistance for me, it's actually opening to it versus when I'm in, like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to feel it. Like I'm just trying to like high vibe my way out of it. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, cause we can do that too, where we're like, Oh, like, I need to get into gratitude. I need to like yeah. go from here to here. And sometimes when I can just soften into it and just go, what, what am I needing to let go of right yeah. now? I think that is powerful. So powerful. Yeah, for me, it has been. And it's really helped develop a lot more self-love and self-acceptance um, with where I, where I am. Because I think when we are, as, you know, say entrepreneurs, or when we're on this path of like really wanting to create our reality, right? <clears throat> we have this image, we have this vision of who we want to become. And sometimes we start to really like, judge ourselves based off of this ideal or this vision versus how far we have come. And that really grounds me. You know, when I, when I'm judging myself against this, this vision, which is the vision is great because the vision gives me direction. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in judgment of I'm not there yet versus how far I have come, that's when I go into a lot of resistance. So that's the part where I'm like, okay, what do I need to let go of? Wow. What do I need to let go of? And that kind of brings me back into this present moment. Um, maybe not instantly, but as I start to ask myself. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> if it takes us a minute, you know. <laughs> it might have taken two weeks, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got back there, right? So. Yeah. So for me, um, that's, that's kind of what I experience in egoic resistance and I don't make it, it bad or wrong, you know, egoic resistance for me, I've learned to interpret it as I am growing. Mm. I am expanding as long as I am opening in that, what feels like contraction. Yeah. By asking myself questions, by, by learning to love and listen to myself. That's beautiful. I think what's interesting about egoic resistance and and that comparison of this is the vision I have for myself. And by hell or high water, we get so focused on it. It's going to happen. It's going to be this, and it's got to be X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, hold on. That's great to have the direction, as you said, to strive to, but let's, let's take a, you know, a step or two back and actually be, it could be that or something better. What if it's better than we ever imagined? And what if 
what if it is exactly what we asked for, but it's not what we held on to in this vision? Let me give an example. Um, there's a friend of mine, we were um, comparing notes on this one goal that we'd like kind of, I have a goal, you have a goal, let's do it together and see like what happens along the way and compare journeys for whatever reason we did this experiment. And it was about a year long and she got to the point, I think we're 11 months in and she got her goal. But she's like, it, I'm really disappointed. I'm like, why? And she goes, it looks absolutely nothing like I want. And I go, well, let's, let's review this. What do you mean? She, she goes, well, I wanted to have group coaching. I wanted to have this. I wanted to have that. And the container was supposed to be this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you did get all of that. And she just looked at me like completely stunned. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, look at all the evidence you have. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, yeah, but that's me collaborating with someone else. It wasn't my own. And I was like, were you specific to that? And she said, no. <laughs> that's not a judgment. But what I found so profound about that is like sometimes what the very thing that we're so focused on that we asked for and put into our timeline and we set this goal and where we're co-creating with the universe to make it happen, it's right in front of our face. And we can't even see it because it doesn't quote unquote look exactly like we had envisioned or in our mind, but that's the part that we left out. To, in our specificity to the universe. And guess what? We still don't have control over that when we have that specificity because it's, the how is not up to us. Right. Right. So I, it was just such an interesting experiment. And I'm like, oh, darling, but you did get everything you wanted. <laughs> she was like, and it doesn't look like I want. And I'm like, but you still got it. And she's like, you're right. I did. <laughs> it's actually, I think it's actually better. <laughs> I was like, ha there we go. <laughs> well, and that can come, don't you think that can come a lot of times because of the future projections so much versus being in the here and the now and, and, and measuring our success based off of where we've come versus where we're going. Sure. And I, I've worked with clients, you know, where, where I'm, I'm helping them to connect to their guides and connect to their angels and connect to, you know, the universe at large. And, you know, I'll get on a call with them. They'll kind of say the same, they're like the same thing. They're like, well, nothing's happening and nothing's changing. But then as we go deeper, they're like, oh, this synchronicity happened and this synchronicity. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's because they have an image or an idea of how it's supposed to look. Yeah. And, and it's almost like we're missing the point entirely, right? Like uh-huh. we're missing it. Like the universe is like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> how much more evidence do you need? It's right here. Flashing <laughs> <laughs> billboard. And I yeah. felt even then they'd be like, oh, just one more billboard so I can make sure. Well, we kind of do that, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bringing it back to like right here and right now. I love that. Yeah. That's, it's, it's such a natural, I think, progression or on that spiritual awakening journey, especially if you're in the position of being a leader that is guiding others, we all have to, it's like a rite of passage you have to go through of like, Oh wait, I, all I have to do is just let go. Like it doesn't even matter. I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm just attached to that this is what I desire. And I'm super excited about what that's going to look like. So like almost reframing it, you know, and I, I run into clients and I've run into other leaders that I've worked with where I'm like, wait a minute, where's the implementation? Like (laughs) you, you can't skip the step. You have to, you absolutely have to go through this for you to have that next level awakening so that the quantum click happens. 
And then you're like, oh, got it. This is what that means. And so by doing that, then you're able to show somebody else that this is, you know, this is an example of what's possible. This is an example of what that can look like for you. And (laughs) sometimes it'll be a harder lesson. Sometimes it'll be an easier lesson, but it just depends, I think, on what your willingness to be open to receiving is about. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. I love that. I think oftentimes, just even the word egoic resistance can um, create this fear or frustration or this anxiety in people. And I'm like, it's not a bad term. And ego is this thing that was designed to protect us. It's so, I mean, it's such a blessing that we look at it that way and that it's like, wow, you're doing a great job, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let's take it down and notch. <laughs> right? You are doing a real good job at keeping me safe, right? Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what, you know, when I, when I teach it is I try to explain it as like, you can make the ego your ally. Sure. You know, your ego is your greatest ally in creating the life that you want as long as you're 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 coming from a space of compassion and understanding that the ego is just doing its job mm-hmm. you know um but yeah it can it can get heightened real quick <laughs> yeah like whoa okay um and also like it's it's working to our benefit as well because it oftentimes when you you first set out to to create your desired reality. First thing that shows up is your ego. Your ego is like, wait, what about this time and this and this happened? And what about this? It gives all the reasons why you can't. And that gives you an opportunity to really um, look at those things and to bring those things back into wholeness through loving acceptance. Like truly, you know, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm, and I'm going to continue moving forward anyways, but there is no transcending it. There's no transcending the survival <laughs> mechanism. You know, it's like that's yeah. there and it's there for a reason. Um, it's, I, for me, it's been most beneficial just to understand the patterns of it. And that's why when I come back into the basics, when I come back to my roots, I'm able to see a little bit more clearly. I'm able to let go, not cling so tightly to how I want things to go and how I see how things, and all the time, I'm telling you every single time that I let go, it's like, it comes in so much better and so much faster than the way that I thought it was going to. Oh, wow. It's like fine tuning the radio station. (laughs) Every single time, like everything I have manifested in my life has come from when I have just let go of that resistance. Like let go, like it just moved through it and allowed the universe to show up and, and co-create with me versus me trying to do everything on my own. Wow. You know, I love that. I, that's, wow. That's really beautiful. Now, I know there's a listening, uh, there's listeners that are going to be like, well, what does that mean? And how do you do it? Right? How do you let go? How do you, and all I can say, and I'd love to get your interpretation of this too, is one that's going to look different for everyone because we're all different beings, right? So, Sometimes that could be as simple as, here's an analogy or an example, perhaps. So let's say there's a husband and wife and the wife is like, this is her level of like 
like holding on, right? She's controlling everything in the sense, like she controls what her husband eats, she controls the children and what they eat. And then her husband like wants to go off his diet a little bit and eat like some ice cream. And she will just like, she has a choice. Does this have to affect me? Because he's his own human and he can do it himself and not like he's in charge of him. Mm-hmm. Or can I not let go of this and just be like so mad about it and create all the stuff around it that's unnecessary because I had this expectation <laughs> of what it looked like. And by golly, it's not happening. And this is really ticking me off. Like, well, yeah. what, what, what's the benefit of holding on versus letting go. So I, I don't know if that's a real clear example, but that's the first thing that came to mind because that's, that's something tangible that a lot of people deal with. That would be to me an example of like egoic resistance of like, Oh, I see that. Um, okay. Acknowledge it. And now I have a choice in the matter versus the like hanging on so tight. You don't even know that you are like in egoic resistance. You're just like reactionary of something. Yeah. Well, and then probably the story that you would attach to that situation, right? Because it's like, well, he's not doing it. And if he has to do it in order for me to experience whatever, and then that must mean he doesn't love me. That must mean our relationship is this. And that must mean, and (laughs) right. That's just one example, but we do it with all kinds of things. Right. We we create all these stories and then that makes the egoic resistance much stronger, you know, versus like, oh, like this is, this is me this is my stuff and why do I need anything outside of me to do it the way that I think it should do it I'm gonna I'm gonna start to let go of that you know like a real a real world practical way that I do this in my own life is number one I become aware I'm in resistance and I feel it in my body you'll feel it in your body your your, mm-hmm. your whole body will feel tight you'll feel contracted exactly and I go do something that I love I literally tried to remove myself from like being so focused on the thing, you know, whatever that is, like for me, it could be work. It could be whatever that something that you're trying to create for yourself. And I go remove myself and I go play, I go do something I enjoy. And for me, it's going outside and being in nature. It's playing. It's Mm -hmm. uh, like, as soon as I can get into the mountains and I can get around the water element and all these things, I can start to loosen my grip. You know, when I start to really connect back to that. So that's kind of a, uh, like a practical way that I sure. that. And, and also the spiritual practice helps me to start loosening my grip. Like I don't need to control everything. I don't need to, that's not, that's not my job. That's not my job. Exactly. <laughs> that's not my job. Yeah. You know, I love that you brought that up about doing something you love or that brings you joy that makes you happy in that sense, because this ties directly into, I think, like our soul level responsibility. We have to have more joy in our life. And I can honestly say that at one point I didn't have a lot of joy. I remember I was asked one time, like what hobbies I had, this is, you know, ages ago, but, or even, um, well, what, what are things I like to do? What makes me happy? And I was like, looking at the person, like, what are you talking about? Like, I could not answer them. Yeah. And today I'm like, oh, I got a laundry list of things, but it's the simple things. But nature's number one, laughter is number two. Mm-hmm. And then I would say something, well, it probably goes into nature, but I love watching storms. I think they're really cool. Not a lot of people like that, but for me, it reminds me of like, I'm pretty small and insignificant, but I'm also powerful too. So it, it like humbles me. And, and I think that 
for me, when it comes to joy, that's a humbling thing as well. And we can't be in resistance when we're in those states at all. It's impossible. You can't be joyful and be really uptight and tense and mad. Like it's just <laughs> and it's our natural state. It's right. natural state of being. Exactly. We're both Capricorns. So yeah. I was the same way. Like when I, my whole life, it was just like, I, I, I never, I never really, I never really had a childhood and I never really knew how to play. And I remember somebody asked me something similar of like, what do you like to do for fun? And I was like, I just sat there and I was like, um, Hmm. And then I literally Googled, I literally Googled. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> how do you have fun? <laughs> wrapped up I was in it. And I actually dedicated an entire summer to finding joy mm. and finding like the playfulness again. And I, and I actually wrote on that bucket list. I wrote things like play with Play-Doh. Oh, like I, I love it. I, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. I didn't have much of a childhood. You know, I became an adult very quickly. And so like, literally like things that you would think of as like a child would do is what I did. Sure. And I took myself through this process of like healing the inner child. That is fantastic. And I I built an entire course around this process of coming back to your joy. Wow. And you know, it's so crazy because you'd think like playing with Play-Doh or painting or playing outside in the water like Uh Like mud puddles yeah because we look at like we look at spirituality as so stoic and so serious (laughs) truth is right it's playful yeah I'm sorry I'm laughing because I I I remember when I was really uptight about it and took it so seriously and I'm like this is ridiculous what am I doing right yeah and so it's like I I had to have movement with it I had to have playfulness with it yes um creators are it's a playful energy and so yeah like anybody who kind of gets into that space that's what I always recommend I'm like write a list of what brings you joy Mm -hmm. and I'll have clients who get so here about spirituality and I think that I think that we've been brought up in systems and structures that have kind of done that but it's from here right in the head yeah it's in the head but it's like and so I'll give them like this soul work to do where I'm like, when's the last time you played? When did you go out and play last? And they're like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, that's your work. Yeah. But they, they want the, like, how many like ohms do I need to do? How many things? And those things are amazing, but to start breaking up this resistance, go play. Right. Or like laugh at your, like, I have to laugh at myself. Like I had, there is, I don't remember what I was watching, but he was talking about this and when you're in that resistance, literally just laughing at yourself. And I did like in the shower for like five minutes, like just started laughing, like just doing these noises to break myself out of that. Because yeah. So serious about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, you're cracking me up because I, there's something I silly I do on a daily basis inadvertently and it will crack me up. Like I'm, I love it. Cause I'm like, Oh, my own best friend. But I have to, this, this funny example. I was at um, this spiritual retreat center and we did plant medicine and it was like several days and there was a lot of discipline and structure and seriousness about everything. And I get why that is because for the lay person, they need that. For someone who's a little more spiritually advanced, you're kind of like, take it down a notch. I got it. <laughs> you know? And so 
we're at, it's like night three and we're probably about seven hours into it. And we're just at the end of the journey where we're going to start like calming down and kind of like getting to that. Oh, I can almost go to sleep now. Right. And then you can go back to your rooms or whatever. And I started thinking about the absurdity of what we were doing here. There's like 90 people, or we started out with 90 people in this situation and we paid to go to this resort and have this plant medicine with the potentiality of vomiting or pooping, <laughs> literally <laughs> right? expelling yeah. our like demons, if you will, and all the other stuff. So it really, the symbolism of it, <laughs> at one point I'm outside and it's a full moon and there's a fire and all the things. And I'm looking around and people are like screaming and I'm like, it sounds like everyone is having a really horrible time. <laughs> and it just, it struck me as funny. And I'm like, and we paid for this. And we're all high on this plant medicine. This is the most ridiculous thing. Well, anyway, I started laughing and I, and then other people started laughing because I was laughing. And then we started laughing at each other's laugh. And so before you know it, there's this beautiful energy of laughter and joy in this room where before five minutes earlier, it was like super serious and people were freaking out. And I had one of the elders come up and they're like, this is a really sacred space and you need to stop laughing. You're disrupting the class. And I'm like, but this, this is healing. Laughter is healing. But I got like ashamed for it. And that's where I was like, I promise that I will never do that to my own students. Yeah. Like yeah. if they're in a state of joy and that's spreading like wildfire to everyone else, then so be it because what a beautiful moment. Right. Yeah. Because I, I've experienced the most uh, healing through laughter like once I get into that space like really like that's when you know you've healed from something is when you can laugh at it yeah. <laughs> and you're not in like this serious state with it yeah yeah I guess there's a, there's a process to these things you know but yeah. yeah I I think laughter is one of my if I can laugh at myself or even like whatever I'm in resistance to like because I'll make it a big deal like oh I'll, yeah my mind will make it a big deal and then I kind of have to laugh at myself like you know, say it comes to like, I'm, I'm building a new course or something and I need to like, I need to do a video. It's like, Oh, you have such a hard life. <laughs> yes, you know, like, I mean, you <laughs> the seriousness, it break, it brings more playful energy and I create better in that space. Yeah. But we have to, we have to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. You know, I, I've taken it to rewire my wording around things. And I offer this to people all the time and I go, oh, it, so that's something you have to do or is that something you get to do? And it's so lovely to see that shift in their eyes and they're like, the light bulb goes on and they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I actually get to do this. Right. Because you have a choice. You don't have to do that. But right. if you get to do it, it's something that you're excited to do and that will bring you some sort of joy. Right. Well, the outcome will be more joyous because that's what it was created in. So like any time that we are creating in, in the energy of the outcome that we want, like that's what we get. But if you're doing things from obligation, yes, advice, all, like that's the consequence. Mm -hmm. And I feel that like within, within, I, I experience this all the time where I'm like, okay, I need to shift my own energy around this. And if it's not something that you can change, like immediately, as far as your circumstances, you have to, you get to reframe how you choose to see it. And that makes a difference in the energy in which you're creating your experiences. Yeah. Powerfully said. I love yeah. That. Yeah. 
Do you find that since like the more you ground and the more joy you bring into your life that you're actually able to quickly swiftly identify a situation that could escalate, but because you don't participate in and actually makes you laugh at first, like you catch yourself and you're like, wow, have a better day like to someone else, you know, like they're crabby and they're trying to entice you into their whatever. And you're just like, no, have a better day. Good luck. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not as reactive to everything. And it actually shows, it shows that you're showing up for yourself emotionally you're not just reacting to everything. And mm. so you're able to get into a space where you're not, you're not showing up in the world that way either. Right. It's been interesting for me too, like as I do continue with this work, is that I'm able to play choice and consequence out pretty quickly now. Whereas like, uh, I won't go into a full thing, but it's like, if I... I can go into like, if I do this and if I create this drama well, then this and this and this and this will happen. Ooh. And why don't I come back to what do I really need in this moment? Right. Versus trying to get a reaction from somebody else, which will create drama and actually probably won't give me the ultimate result that I'm looking for or the outcome that I'm looking for. <clears throat> I'm always just like, bring it back to what do I need in this moment? Right. I love that. Like for what purpose am I, would I do X, Y, Yeah. For what purpose would I do X, Y, and Z? Like, oh, I want my boyfriend to give me more attention and more love. And instead of asking for it, you know, going about it in this like drama way, but I can just come back to, (laughs) which would get a reaction, but would be the outcome that I'm looking for. Right. Right. Maybe temporarily, but instead (laughs) to, this is what I need and I'm brave enough and vulnerable enough to ask for it. That's so empowering. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think the whole point. I mean, that's, you and I both have that same like-minded goal in how we work in the world, in the the spiritual community is like the goal is to empower others. Right. And the ultimate thing is like that goes back to that awareness, which gives you choice. And you can only have that awareness if you are grounded and you have more joy in your life. (laughs) See how it's all connected people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it comes full circle, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because I was going to say, because it comes back to those roots. It comes back to that foundation because I'm actually brave enough in those moments to be vulnerable to ask for what I need or what I would like to receive because I have built a foundation or a root system that says, even if my needs can't be met from so-and-so, I then can meet my needs. But right. that come from me doing that work with myself, you know, That's powerful. Um, and so I, I feel that it does, it always comes back to that foundation. It always comes back to those roots and I'm, I feel safer to open and I feel safer to be vulnerable, to ask for what I need, um, in mm. my external reality as a result. I love that. It's <clears throat> what's coming to mind as you're saying this, <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it's pretty profound is think of somebody who does like mixed martial art or just martial arts period, mm-hmm. especially if they have like a certain degree, like a black belt. Those individuals are unshakable. They are calm. They are confident and they're powerful, but they're also extremely humble. And what I love about that is oftentimes, and I'm thinking of several friends who are like big masculine rip dudes, but they're like these gentle giants. And it's because that 
this is just an example. I'm not getting off the course too much here of our, our subject, but I just find that as like a, a, a great example if for the men listening that that you can have that level of spirituality. And one way to get there is through martial arts because of the way that they teach you that self-discipline, which is about grounding and having the choice and reframing, but also being like super in tune with your body and what your spirit or your soul is, is the information that it's giving you and how to control yourself, even when you're being antagonized or you're being attacked or whatever the situation is, that's just a like tangible example. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, true freedom that we're all ultimately seeking in one way or another comes through discipline. It comes through personal responsibility. And that's why like, uh, people who go through martial arts, because they learn so much about personal responsibility and discipline Mm -hmm. of their emotional, mental, physical bodies that they actually therefore experience more freedom because Mm -hmm. they're not as reactive to the external world. Yeah, I love that. I, I know I, I've been mentored by somebody who did martial arts and it was like, I learned so much wisdom. <laughs> wisdom, wisdom is everything. Not knowledge, but wisdom. Yeah, I love it. So grounded in, he was so grounded in his spirituality that it's just like, you know, he could say a sentence and I was like, boom, like blown away. You know, dropped. Right? Yeah, because it was, because the sacredness this is what this is what i believe sacredness is found in the simplicity absolutely it's found in the simplicity and so when people when we're not grounded and i've experienced this with myself and and then with other people that i've um been coached by when they're not grounded it's like wait what what yes were we (laughs) exactly like are we having the same conversation yeah (laughs) and that's that's the mind right because the mind overcomplicates it but when you come back into those grounded spiritual practices it's simple Mm. it's so simple that's why it's like go play don't go do something you love do the dishes do your laundry like you know really managing your physical reality is actually what allows you to go deeper it allows you to ascend yeah that's that's truly what I believe and I've experienced. I love that. I um, recently have been reading uh, Bruce Lee's book, you know, where the comment of be the water comes from. And just, I'm like the, the teachings and the lessons and even just, as you said, the one sentence, it's so next level. I mean, there's, you know, Sophia Dragon Tribe <laughs> next level. And then there's, the martial arts next level. And it's all to the same path. But what I love is that there's such a physicality that's present with martial arts that it's that holy trinity of mind, body, spirit, and just really honing into that. That's beautiful. So, well, I think we've had a perfect little chat today. Our uh, conversation's been amazing. And I think there's lots of truth nuggets in there for everyone to devour. So I just want to thank you so much, Jody, for having you on today. And is there anything else that you would like to share before we tell everyone how to get a hold of you? Mm, is there anything more I want to share? Gosh, I feel like we covered a lot. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Me too. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess to just circle back, like really, really, um, as we're going through this collective ascension, it's coming back to your roots, making sure you're, you're making yourself a priority 
so that you have to give and you don't get swept away um, in all the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> in our Play and keep it simple. <laughs> it's simple. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, if people want to work with you or get more information, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Right now, the best way to get a hold of me is probably uh, Instagram or Facebook. You can just go ahead and direct message me. I am simple. So it's awesome. like, just follow, just follow me on there. Get a hold of me through there. And yeah. Okay, great. I will put the links um, below in the notes, but also it's uh, at Jody Nelson Coaching on Instagram and Facebook, correct? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe and we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's episode of E3 to live an empowered, embodied, and evolved life as an entrepreneur, then like and subscribe, share with your friends, and continue to listen for more tidbits, advice, and delightfulness for all things esoteric, spiritual, quantum, and energy related for your mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Johanna Bradford, and I'll see you next week.